Hello all and welcome to edition 133 of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that ran out of trains a while ago. I'm Michael Bailey. I cover the Canaries for The Athletic and I hope this finds you well on the way. Who's explaining that anyway? Recruiting sergeants and one last goat curry. That doesn't work, but I couldn't think of anything else. Uh, we'll work through all that and more with our guests, who are Norwich number one chief at NCFC Numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Hello, Michael. Good evening, everyone. We have author of the official history of Norwich City and purveyor of fine jumpers, it's Zoe Morgan. Good evening, Michael. And last but by no means least, we have an on-the-board debutant. It's Norwich fan, Craig Draycott. Good evening. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for joining us, Craig. Thank you, everyone out there and in here, joining us this very week for a penultimate on-the-ball of the season. How are we doing? Steve, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Michael. Yeah, had a nice... Had a nice bank holiday. Hope you did as well. Hope all the listeners did. Obviously, the next one uh, next weekend likely to be ruined by the football. So I uh, hope everyone made the most of uh, of this bank holiday Monday. In, in this case, the football was early enough in the weekend to preserve the bank holiday. Is that what you're saying, Steve? You've enough enough time has passed. Yeah, it's like a it's like a hangover. You know, um, I'm I'm at the point where I think I think 24 hours is enough enough time to get over it. And uh, now we can look back on it. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know if it helps to look back on it two days later or not, but uh, we'll find out, won't we? I, I, we will. They're quite therapeutic, these podcasts, I find. I don't know if we'll, how deep we'll go. I mean, I've literally cobbled together the plan <laughs> for tonight about 10 minutes ago, uh, over which time I literally spent 30 seconds going, who did they play on Saturday? <laughs> I couldn't remember. Literally. <laughs> and that's, and that's was the it? Athletic Story City correspondent. <laughs> if he doesn't know, what chance have we remember. got? It's definitely Swansea recently. Zoe, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Michael. Not seen you since you were in my house, uh, so it's nice to be reunited. <laughs> oh, is that true? Is that time you broke in? Oh my god! That time you... <laughs> Loitering in my house. <laughs> yeah, the police soon arrived. Um, well, it's good news then that you're on the pod. I guess had you never come on again, it might then, have been uh, a sign. <laughs> fantastic hot cross buns. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It was a good breakfast. It was a good breakfast. <laughs> it was a great time. Uh, well, I'm glad you're well. Did you say whether you were well? Are you well? Oh, yeah, I am well. Thank Absolutely. you very much. Well, nailed it. Fantastic. Uh, Craig, Mr. Debut. We've had a few of them this season. You are our latest. Probably our best. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. But um, Thank you for joining us. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. I briefly rewatched the highlights earlier, so that put a bit of a downer on the day, but I soon got over it again. <laughs> bless you that is that is f that's the sort of effort that a debutant goes to and then <laughs> never does it again um which is fine um what, what i like to do I, I like to ask a few questions so uh we and also uh the uh watching and listening can get to know a little bit about uh craig uh, once we then get stuck into obviously the actual chatter about what's going on so um how about your favorite norwich moment Favourite moment would have to be Simeon Jackson at Portsmouth in 2011. Wasn't actually there. It was the it was one of two games that season I missed, but I watched on TV and it was almost the same. Oh, well done for not being bitter about that. If you'd have said the Derby game, the game before, then, you know, I'm still bitter about not being at that game. Um, how about uh, your... Yeah, <laughs> all right. Um, how about your uh, cult hero player? 
I mean, favourite player would probably be Wesley Hulan, but cult hero, I always liked Andrew Sermon. I always liked Simon Lappin. Something about David Fox and weirdly Danny Pacheco. The few mums he spent on loan were bewildering. Bewildering, bewitching. Bewildering, bewitching. Um, I always remember he he never seemed to play enough. (laughs) I got really annoyed about that he wouldn't play and he seemed like a good player. I got so excited when he arrived and the moments he did spend on the pitch seemed great. He just never spent quite enough of them. I'd love to have seen him signed. How about your favourite manager, finally? In spite of what's happened since, probably Paul Lambert. I mean, he was the manager when I was a fully-fledged season ticket holder, so it's hard to look past those years. He uh, he got them relegated and preserved um, us with several derbyless seasons for that, I think. <laughs> he deserves everyone's um, forgiveness, perhaps, is the way to put it. Um, brilliant. Well, there we go. We all know Craig a little bit better now, so that's, uh, that's good. Um, for those watching us live on your chosen social media platform, we want to hear from you over the course of the podcast. So please get in your uh, comments, questions, absolutely anything. Steve will be monitoring those like the news hound he is. Uh, and if you're not listening uh, live, um, but listening in the future, that's fine. You can still get in touch with us if you like. You can email us your story, comments, anecdotes, whatever you like. The address is Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud. So get in your uh, emails, comments, questions there as well, whenever and wherever you are listening. Now, a little bit of news, if I can, just get this in before we start talking about football, because why, obviously, would I, you know, want to talk about the football? Um, Some of you may have seen on the socials, which are primarily Facebook, uh, Instagram and Twitter, although I did forget to mention it in my video verdict on Saturday, uh, that uh, I have two au- two an auction running for two signed Norwich City items at the moment. Uh, they are to raise money for uh, Tommy, who uh, was born with Prada Willie syndrome. Um, he's going to need a lot of care and, and love and, and help uh, in his life. Um, so uh, we're raising some money to uh, to help him. Uh, he's only three months old. He's a little superstar. Um, so that's the cause. Uh, you can read about Tommy's uh, story. That's on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Look on my feeds and you'll find them there. So that's why. And uh, to raise some money, we are auctioning. Well, I say we. It's, well, no, I'm doing it on their behalf. I'm giving a hand. We're auctioning a signed Norwich City shirt. I know it's not been very good. I know all the players <laughs> are rubbish, but still... The shirt's nice, though, isn't it? Lovely well, shirt. This whole campaign has backed up the idea that, you know, good shirts don't always lead to good campaigns and vice versa. Uh, it's a bit like Formula One cars, I think. Uh, you know, they 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 look quick. Uh, no, they look good if they're quick. Anyway, um, but, yeah, this is a lovely, lovely shirt. It's signed by lots of people. I don't know who they all are. I think I recognised um, Gabby Sarah and Josh Sargent, although it does look like a 26 so I don't know. But, you know, if you if you auction and win this, then you can work out who they all are. So that's that. And also, I appreciate this isn't great for our audio listeners, but, you know, there are pictures on the social media feeds. That I've just shown the shirt. And this is an actual training ball that Norris City use in training at Colney. So this ball has helped them be as great as they've been this season. Um, it's got, uh, and you can tell that because it's got NCFC in capital, in capital letters written on it, just so they don't get muddled up with the other football teams when they take them to games. You know, just like, you know, Trunch Sunday or whatever. Uh, and loads of signatures on that. So there's a signed ball as well. Signed ball and a signed shirt. 
Uh, now, the auction is running until midnight, well, 11.59 p.m., so we don't get confused, on the Tuesday night of next week. So that is basically after our podcast, our final podcast of next season. Next week, that's when the auctions run until. Um, basically, I'm inviting direct messages of bids for either item on its own, or you could bid for both of them together with an Uber bid. Uh, obviously, you know, whatever raises the most money is where the, where the uh, items will go. Um, we've had a few bids in. We've had some some nice bids in but i'm just getting the first flurry of bids in and then come the week i'll advertise where we're at and then hopefully we can see if we can get some more it's a brilliant cause so um and yeah you know it's a sign norwich shirt and sign ball so who wouldn't want that uh so uh you can dm me on uh facebook twitter and instagram they should all be open uh let me know and away we go that's enough of that let's talk about some football shall we Ah, yes. One win in 10 isn't really that bad, is it? Is it? Anyone? Is it? Norwich lost 2-1 at West Brom. It was an acrimonious full time too. The good news, there's just one game left to go. Uh, Steve, you were there, you lucky sausage. Um, <laughs> how was your Saturday? Uh, yeah, it was, I don't know, you've called me a sausage before. Uh, it's been a while since anyone's called me that, in fact. I'll tell you um, why. Thanks. I, tell, I, I can just tell you why. Um, someone you? said, so, yeah, well, no, it's not any particular reason for for for, uh, for you being, oh, that's not working, uh, for why, um, uh, uh, what am I saying? It's not anything to do with you You're explaining why you called me a sausage. That's no, I, I, um, I, put the full, I put my full-time tweet up. Uh, on the game after after the game was done today, and someone replied, uh, "T Goldis, uh, you're a sausage, and you match the season's layout." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "I literally replied, it's a great sentence, but I have no idea what it means." Uh, and so I and I just clocked that before we went live, and now I've just you know decided to call you a sausage. Um, I hope that's fully explained that one. Um, anyway, sausage, what did you make of it? <laughs> slightly throwing me. Um, I mean, yeah, I was hoping that with Craig's answers, we could just turn this pod into a 2010-11 nostalgia fest. But fine, let's 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 talk about West Brom, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, to be honest, uh, we we played worse recently, haven't we? Um, uh, In it, the first it, half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the first half was not terrible, albeit we were probably would have been lucky to go in at halftime one up. Um, it's one of those weird things as a football fan that for for the five minutes when we were in front, I was back to thinking, okay, well, well, if well, if we hold on to this, and, and then if Blackburn lose to Luton, and, and then they beat Millwall, and, and we win against Blackpool, then we could still do it. And then, of course, that was extinguished with um, by by that Conor Townsend free kick just before half time. Uh, obviously, slightly contentious, but I think one of those that can go either way. And then the free kick was really well struck. Um, and then the second half, I mean, uh, like. I don't know if I can save it to things we're not going to talk about, aided and abetted by some just terrible, terrible substitutions, um, which completely killed it for us. Um, we kind of folded and never really looked like scoring after they took the lead. Uh, to be honest, I, I'm sort of, it does feel a little bit like a relief, feels a little bit like, you know, we've turned off that life support machine and it's just over now and we can just look ahead to next season. And to be honest, it sort of feels like what needs doing over the summer it would it helps for us to kind of slide into mid table because it now seems like there's more there'll be more urgency over the summer to get stuff done rather than the kind of sticking plaster that would have been 
finishing in sixth. So yeah, totally taking the didn't want to be in the playoffs anyway tack, uh, and we can now go ahead to the Blackpool game with with no pressure. Um, but yeah, it, the game wasn't great, but still an enjoyable day out. I love going to the Hawthorns, so yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, the irony, Zoe, of course, is, uh, you know, if had Norwich won that game, uh, you know, they could have still, I, I think they'd have been a really good shout of finishing in the top six because you'd have thought they'd have probably beaten Blackpool. They blew it right at the last. <laughs> yeah, just it's, it was just Saturday's result that's, that's blown it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, it was just it's... the injuries. Just yeah, the injuries. That's just it the injuries. It it was. It, I think I'm with Steve. Really, I think I would have been mildly terrified if if it looked like we were actually going to get in the playoffs. Um, I've been thinking for a while now. I'm a very optimistic fan, um, and part of me has just been thinking, well, we'll we'll get in the playoffs, and then we'll somehow manage to accidentally win in the playoffs, won't we? And then we'll end up in the Premier League again. And oh my God, what disaster that's going to be! Uh, <laughs> So I'm, I'm sort of, sort of relieved, I think, as well. Um, again, yeah, I thought I thought we played, I thought we played all right first half. It, it was the best we played in a while. Um, in that first half, we were actually competitive. Um, it was quite a good game, I thought, first half. Um, just an, it like it was an enjoyable watch, competitive. We haven't had too many of those games really all season. Um, but yeah, second half was was a bit more a bit more like it has been recently, and just it faded away much like the season has, I suppose. Um, I'm mostly annoyed now. I think the one crumb of comfort that I was taking from this season was that we were the winners in the battle of us versus Watford as to who could have messed this up more this season. Um, and it seemed like we were comfortable for a while. And now it looks, now Watford could overtake us on the last day of the season. Uh, and that is probably annoying me more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> that would be something really, wouldn't it? For all their managers and everything they've thrown at it. I don't know who they've got on the last day of the season. Um, Not sure. I don't really care either. Um I, I mean, I, Craig, did Norwich get the rough end of some of the decisions? I know Steve was a little bit like, eh, the free kick, blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I mean, I thought it was a bit hard. <laughs> I also did think on numerous replays that it was, was a penalty. It's just one of those where you're probably not going to get it if the referee hasn't given it when you're in the championship. Yeah, I mean, I think the penalty was probably a penalty. He does stand on his foot. There's not really much else he can do, whether it was an accident or not. And the challenge before the free kick was, I mean, if you look up in the dictionary of football cliches, I think that will be defined as a 50-50. It could have very much gone either way and probably shouldn't have gone either way. But again, I think it just sums up the season in, in many ways. It was quite a familiar theme of we looked good in parts. You can see parts where you, we know what Wagner wants to do. There was some bright sparks. I think Christoph Solis looked good. He looked dangerous. It kind of just all came a bit undone, and they didn't really <laughs> seem to have an. <laughs> they didn't really seem to have an answer when it did come undone. Whereas until that point, I think there was enough bright sparks in there. I think Omabama Dele looked better for having a defender next to him. I think he looked a bit more composed. But then again, when the goal goes in, it it seems to just destroy his confidence again. Yeah, a couple of good blocks, and but West Brom, I did think, sort of got in behind quite regularly and it, it got a bit last ditch and there was a lot of pressure on Norwich a lot, a lot of the time. And then obviously by the second half, West Brom kind of got out of sight. I, I really liked watching West Brom this season. I, I, I'm sort of a bit surprised that they've struggled so much because they seem to have been quite 
sharp when I've seen them play. But also, I mean, and you were there, Steve, like the atmosphere was good. There's a lot of energy. All of their problems are kind of behind the scenes because, you know, they've got money and financial um, issues that could really screw them over. But in terms of Carlos Corberan and the way he's sort of active on the bench, the, the way his team are playing and all those sort of things, I look at Norwich and West Brom and I just think, you know, I I I would put more trust in where West, what West Brom could do, even though they've probably got bigger financial issues underneath than maybe the... Uh, I don't know, semi-toxic, whatever's going on at Norwich. But, you know, that am I? What did, yeah, you, maybe. Think? What did you think being there? Well, I mean, uh, uh, two of two of the players in West Brom's front four, Smith, uh, Swift and Wallace, were picked up, I believe, on a free last summer from other championship clubs. So it's not, not beyond the possibility that we could do that. I mean, their their squad now, quite quickly after, what, two seasons is it, is it now in the championship, looks very championship. Like <laughs> there are, it, it has all the hallmarks of a, of a you know, mid-table championship team. But one that which is well managed could make a you know could still finish the top six this, this season and could still push for the top six next season, all their financial issues notwithstanding. So you know I I kind of made this point last um, week and I don't necessarily want to go back over it again, but I do think that in the championship you know you there will be the Premier League teams who come down and have better squads than everybody else and have more money to spend than everybody else. That is going to happen. But then after that, I think it's a bit of a bum fight, and really you you just need a squad of of decent pros that are well managed and you have a shout of the playoffs. So so yeah, I, I definitely think that that's it's I, I don't know I, I still think that I'm, I'm not as doom and gloom as, as other people seem to be in that if we get things right in the summer we do still have the core of a, a group of players who have played at a good level and su- supplemented with the right additions could still challenge so I don't know I, I would still I, I, think, I think if we can get it right I would still give us a better chance than West Brom next year there we go me being old negative ninny, um, which is fine. It's, it's interesting that um, I think last summer Norwich's uh, recruitment decision makers probably would have turned their nose up at both Jed Wallace and John Swift oh, yeah. for being... <laughs> sure they uh, would. We're, we're better than that. And I think it's quite apparent that we're definitely not. should also say as well, West Brom can still make the playoffs this, uh, mm. this season. They could still go up. Who knows? Which is exciting, obviously. Um Full time was fun, Zoe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, out of all well, the things Norwich City as a club need at the moment, it's, what happened it's scra- was not what they needed. It's scrapping at the final whistle, isn't it? I think it's this is one of those things that seems to happen when things are going a bit wrong, isn't it? Like people will suddenly lose their heads, go a bit wild. Things will th- weird things will happen. Bit like uh, you know Paul Lambert getting himself sent off at Carrow Road for Ipswich, um, you know that that was a combination of a lot of pressure going his way um, and wanting to prove himself. I feel like, yeah, Andy Hughes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd, Steve probably had a better view of it <laughs> than I did. Seen the pictures. I've seen what people are saying. I think part of me thinks. Uh, that I don't mind someone on the coaching staff feeling passionately about what's going on. I It would be nice if some of the players also seemed like they felt passionately about what was going on. I think, um, you know, I've been, I've been thinking a lot leading up to this podcast about this season and, and how I feel about it. And 
I feel like one of the things that I'm most disappointed in is is what's happened on the pitch that no one's really stood up and shown that grit fight put their head above you know it's so easy to have character when you're winning every week and you know you get to know your players and the fun you know you, you can laugh at things that they do and you know it's all it's all a bit of fun I think you know the real sign of character is when things are going badly being the one that you know really really stands up and tries to pull everybody along with them and you know we've had a real distinct lack of that this season um and I would say that goes all the way up probably up through the club as well I think you know that if you sort of keep keep with the on the pitch kind of stuff um I suppose when things are going badly two things that you don't want your players to do are to go missing to disappear or to get so worked up they go and two foot someone and get sent off and I feel like <laughs> if you take that up to our sort of I guess um the, some of the leadership at the club I feel like we've had some people go missing I don't think everybody has always fronted up when they could have done and I feel like perhaps blaming the fans blaming the media is your kind of two-footing someone and getting sent off I think <laughs> like I just feel like there's just it's been this distinct lack of character and it, you know it doesn't have to be someone you know beating their chest and um and whatever but just standing up and saying we are better than this we can do better than this and I think I found it quite upsetting the way we have just vanished out of matches I, I think we've we are better than that I'm not really sure what's happened, whether it is just that we have lost some of those characters, but I feel like we've got it in us. It can't all be down to Kenny. Like, Kenny can't be the only one that does that. <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, there's there's something about Andy Hughes just wanted to go and get stuck in that I don't mind. I don't, I don't <laughs> think it really went the way that anybody might have wanted it to go. Um, but, that you know, some, someone being willing to be accountable... I think I don't have too much of a problem with because it's nice that somebody is. Um, yeah, I guess that's where I am. <laughs> I I thought it was great. I thought it was, apart from the goal, it was totally the highlight of my uh, <laughs> day out. I thought it was hilarious. So uh, what what my take on it is, and I don't know, this might have been said elsewhere, but the, basically the, the players came over to the fans at the end of the games they often do um predictably got a load of this and a load of this and you know like basically got got all the abuse that you can imagine and i and and then and then went off to the dressing room and I, what i suspect happened is maybe one of the players I, I i have no reason to think this definitely did but like one of the players or coaching staff may have said oh i heard some someone say this in the crowd and Andy Hughes, because he had no reason to come over on his own. Like, uh, and and it wasn't as if he. I know he said he apologised, but it wasn't like he was going, you know, hands up, uh, sorry, ever, you know, it wasn't gesticulating that way. He came over with a big grin on his face and was looking at someone in the crowd and pointedly going, "Let's have a chat," um, and uh, which obviously kind of riled up the fans even more because he had no reason to be there. So. I definitely think he was on the wind-up and I feel like it was a reaction to something that had been said to one of the playing staff when they left. That was my take on it. Probably shouldn't have done it, to be honest, but um, it was it was amusing. It was fun. The best the best message I saw was someone sent it to me on Facebook and they said, um, Andy, read the room. And I just thought that was that summed it up because, yeah, I, 
I could what I I I was watching him. Um, so the players, like I don't think the players went back into the dressing room and said it to Andy because and Andy was still sort of stood on the pitch and he'd obviously seen it all and they sort of come round him to the fans then gone behind him, and then he was sort of still there when everyone had left, sort of smiling and kept looking at the supporters and and Edwardson was sort of trying to sort of say like what you're doing and you could just see he was like itching to walk over and I think it was this kind of like I don't know like a what you're doing kind of come on it was that kind of come on you know we've tried I know it's rubbish but but, and then but I can't really speak from you can't have a conversation in that situation anyway with anyone and all I then saw was you know after a few gestures of like what are you doing stood here um towards uh andy hughes that uh, the supporters then want to get closer and they want to get rows in front of him and then everyone gets a bit closer and then the stewards are moving in it's just like this just looks hilarious and terrible and it's the last thing anyone needs and and then he was sort of andy hughes was milling around afterwards underneath the tunnel i think he was keen to speak to some people who would listen to him and you know <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm really passionate and i care and I, that, that is undoubtedly the case um but uh, there's been far too much protectionism, I get the impression, um, around the football club. It's Everyone seems to be in self-preservation mode and there doesn't really seem to be much being done to actually preserve the football club's plight at the moment. Uh, and I think people need to do a better job. Um, and I'm sure I'll be told off for my uh, negative uh, tone by stating such things because I just should just say, it'll be okay. Next season will be fine. Everything's great. And it, it so, might be fine next season. Um, it might I mean, be. Fingers, fingers crossed it is, but I don't know what, how it's not going, like, I don't know what would make it not fine if you actually just said, like, we are, you know, we are disappointed by what's happened this year as well. Like, it's obviously disappointing. Um, that happens in football. You know, you can't get it right every time. It's not, you know, there's lots of other clubs playing. We're not the only ones. Things happen. Mm. Um and that, uh, yeah, for me, a bit of humility and just admission that things haven't quite gone to plan in the last couple of seasons. I don't know why that gets in the way of things going right again in the future. Like, I, I just don't, I don't understand that part. I just think, I don't know what it, what, what you say, like what you save by not, not admitting that it didn't get like, I just don't, I don't get it. And maybe it'll happen. We'll see what um, people decide to say in the public uh, at some point, I presume, in the coming weeks. I will be just as interested as everyone else because I'm not expecting to get to ask anyone anything. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe I'll be surprised, which it would be welcome. And I've certainly asked for it, rest assured. Um, but yeah, I can't think of many football clubs where you know, you're trying to build something and repair something and those scenes happen. I can't think of many stories where it's like, well, they were shouting at each other on the pitch, but now four months on, everyone's really happy and it's great. But hey, you know, maybe it, it, it feels like that was, that was the main job of Andy Hughes when he was here as a player. So I like the fact that he's kind of come back and reprised that as uh, as a coach as well. <laughs> yeah. It's like he didn't have, get enough of it at the time. Remember so how angry people got about, <laughs> he used to clap all the time and people used to get really angry about him clapping. Top uh, top. Well, I am, um, <laughs> I sh- so one of one of the last things I did while I was with Archon at the Pinkham was um was the Minority City Story series, which I'm so proud of. They're brilliant. They're still on the Pinkham YouTube channel. And we did one with Andy Hughes. It was the first time anyone had really done anything with him since leaving Norwich as a player. And he'd like, you know, been a coach under Wagner and Stuart Weber in the meantime. So 
uh i've retweeted that earlier today because i just think it's worth a watch i think it's really interesting and he is a fascinating character and uh, it's one of those i clearly i feel like his heart is generally in the right place most of the time um in terms of where he's directing it but you know sometimes Things <laughs> um, someone else Norwich tried to blame was, of course, Dean Smith. Um, uh, Leicester have just gone two one up against Les- uh, Everton, by the way, having been one 0 down. So there we go. Um, oh, Craig, yeah, full time shenanigans. Hey, um, I, can you can you buy into this excitement ahead of next year? Because David Wagner, it's his def it's his definite message. He is really excited about what he's going to get to do in the summer, who he's going to get to bring in, the work they're going to get to do. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel? I mean, I think we've kind of, as fans, we've kind of got to buy into it, or else, what's the point? Um, but I, I guess, I mean, if I saw an interesting quote of his after the game where he said he's excited because he knows the answers, he knows the ideas, and he knows what we have to change. And I think that's quite a bold statement to make before the season's even finished, let alone before those changes have actually been made or or bore any fruit. Um, I think we've got to get behind it. Um, I was looking as well at Huddersfield squad with the, the season they went up. And although there are the odd player in there, people like Aaron Mui, who, who really are sort of a class above in the championship, it wasn't full of players who you would think would get promotion from the championship. So I think if we can pick up the right players who suit his style, then I think it can definitely work. And I think we can definitely, it'll be exciting, at least the, the football, hopefully positive. Um, hopefully we'll get more wins than losses. But I think the blueprint is there with Wagner because he's done it before and he's done it with players who you probably wouldn't have put in top teams who would be chasing for the title. But I guess then the negative side of that is that if it doesn't go right and Wagner isn't, the one and he ends up getting sacked as well with a squad of players who can only really play a very very specific style of play and I think that if it doesn't go right then I'd be very concerned what we'd be left with when he went it, It's interesting that um, Wagner, you probably want him he'd be the sort of manager you'd want to come in and reshape a squad at this point ahead of next season and to do something with it so that that definitely does bode well. How Norwich do their recruitment will be fascinating um, because some of the ways that they've been successful in the past uh, aren't still open to them, such as Brexit and, and things getting in the way. Um, the good news is they don't tend to spend money very well, so they won't have any of that. So that's good news. <laughs> um, I did uh, on The Athletic, uh, right? I, I broke down all 59 players, literally broke them you down. No, I, uh, I tried to <laughs> assess them as hits or, hits or misses. Uh, with some um, juries still out, um, which is obviously fraught with peril. Um, but, you know, it's an opinion and it's a, a, an educated opinion. Um, and it, it is interesting how I think so much of the recruitment decisions have gone, have, have not worked out. And they can be for all various different reasons, not just because of signing was bad. It can be whatever's happening in the personal lives. It can be the manager. It can be lack of opportunities. But, you know, ultimately... If they play a lot, then they're a success and, and it's successful. If they you know, don't or they, it's not successful, then, then, then you're done. So um, I don't know. Did you, did, did you read the piece, Steve? But, you know, what did, did, did it make you think reflecting on, on Norwich's recruitment under, under Stuart Weber and, and what that might look like? Because well, 
you know, yeah. he will still be the de facto head of recruitment really come next as you season. know michael I, I read all your pieces and then and then reflect on them i i take i take time to read them and then sit and contemplate them afterwards um but this yeah this one i think like it's i don't know i like i like a list uh, as you can imagine quite like, a, quite like those kind of things so um i mean what what i would say actually is i think if you were to analyze a f- the last five years of the majority of clubs in the football league chances are they'll probably have more misses than hits just because that's the way football works you sign to many players a lot of them won't break into the first team a lot of them might play but not be as good as you'd hope they would or not live up to their price tag so i i I think i would probably and you know look at any five years over our history maybe apart from the uh, craig's favorite lambert years and i think you will find that we've we've signed more poor players than good ones i think what would be startling is the breakdown of the first couple of years versus the last three we are five years into this cycle aren't we um where it feels like we haven't had a good one for a while um and i guess that's the worrying thing in terms of a trend and that needs that needs to change you keep saying the recruitment is absolutely key for the next summer but it really really is um so yeah i i i I would say maybe that's the reason for Weber wanting to stay on as he wants to buck that trend and he wants to prove that he's still got what it takes because i don't think we've made a particularly good signing in the last couple of years i think you pretty much got it right i think me well i read it before i didn't Saturday. ask you that so you don't need to say <laughs> well, <laughs> well i'm gonna tell you anyway uh, <laughs> good. I mean, the, the only thing i thought maybe lungi sorensen as a miss was a bit harsh but i i read it oh jury's out Saturday. wasn't he jury's, jury's out jury's oh, was he jury's out, out? Yeah, okay yeah, yeah. well no yeah uh, miss would have been yeah, very harsh. like i said a bit harsh so i'm glad we all agree uh <laughs> yeah a bit generous on Poheta as well, I thought. Oh so. yeah, then that was that yeah. was the other one. I just felt I, very I, I just felt <laughs> if someone if any of the players still had more than a more than a season in their contract, that's long enough to turn it around, I think. I feel like now, you know, yes. I mean Shevik just needs to get back playing. So he is, mm. you know, p- potentially yeah. Anyway. If if that jury's still out, then it's one slightly uh unhinged jury member who for some reason is finding him not guilty i think they've been sat in that room deliberating for far too long (laughs) they dare not come out (laughs) the door is locked uh well you can read that piece on the athletic anyway um we will see what the transfer window holds uh one thing is it's not going to be um not many signings because they keep going on about how many changes there are going to be so uh um we shall see what all those changes are how exciting uh right uh before we get on to um other bits let's do the things we are not going to talk about which i suppose does touch into some of this uh kieran dowell uh, i think it's been quite clear for a while he's probably not going to hang around and i don't think i think that's because he doesn't want to bother hanging around <laughs> i don't think that's a norwich decision which again doesn't really doesn't really bode well but anyway um it sounds like he's probably off to rangers so that's quite amusing given that Todd Cantwell's kind of also gone there. So uh, he's sure, a miss Todd anyway. <laughs> he was? He was a miss. Oh, he, he was, was a miss. miss yeah. He was a miss. So maybe well, he saw he, that and he, thought, well, this is this is the final story. If Michael <laughs> Bailey doesn't think I'll make it, then I'll <laughs> <laughs> And in fairness, but in fairness that's, a, that's not because I don't think Kieran's a great player. I, I really like him. I just don't think we saw enough of him. And no, no manager seemed to really 
trust him and then when he was given the chance it didn't quite come off so it's it's going to be one of those where like if we don't do well 10 15 games into the season people will be saying why didn't we keep him and if we are in the top six and 10 15 games into the next season no one will remember he was even here it'll be he'll just be a footnote i think so it could go either way but i would say the second best team in scotland is is probably about right for dow i think he could be pretty good in the uh spl in the same way that todd has but maybe struggle in in Europe and the Champions uh, and the old firm games. They still get yeah, to play I mean, it, I think it? if you're Dow, you can't really blame him. He's been here for a few no. years now. He's had yeah. some sort of time in the squad. He's had some chances, and he's sort of finally started to shine a little bit this season. But I guess in his head, he's probably just thinking, "What's to stop the club signing someone else in my position?" And then I'm just back on the bench next year. I think he's he's earned a, a fresh start and a chance at being a number one somewhere. Um, Milot Rashica, he's with Galatasaray. It does sound like that's where he will end up permanently. There's been some chatter about Burnley spending 11 million pounds. I don't know if Stuart Webber's written that <laughs> and said that to someone because I, 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 I cannot imagine one, one element of Burnley where they're like, oh, yeah, let's spend more than Norwich paid on that player who didn't do it in England two years ago. I, no. I'm Please. sorry. I mean, if he if it put it like this, if he rocks up at Burnley for 11 million quid uh, or more, then I will film my own video saying I'm so sorry I got it completely wrong. <laughs> no, they I, I they are know. top of. I agree with what it's, but uh, Galatasaray top of the Turkish league and Rashid's are doing quite well there, so that might help yeah. increase his price. I, I agree though. 11 million yeah. seems incredibly fanciful, but and also, will that not be money that? I mean, maybe it won't. But that if if say we even get half of that, will some of that go into like paying for signings next summer, or are we just writing that off? Yeah, I mean, um, I've been wrong lots of times. I should probably say no. that, and I, yeah. I, I won't <laughs> please point out. Morning, <laughs> <wrong. laughs> oh, all right, all right, got a year left. Yeah, just you wait, maybe. Um, uh, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, Norwich is, well, I don't know exactly what the finances are. I get the impression Norwich need to make a sale to balance the books. So then I don't know how much that then goes on to also giving them money to trade um, or to buy players. So um, I guess they, there'll be a way to fudge it so that they can because they've they've got a big loan out, but that is on the parachute payments that they're already going to get. So, but they are short of money, but also obviously need money to, oh, goodness knows. I don't know, because that seems to be double spending money. But yeah, ultimately they need to raise as much money as possible, which will make it interesting who they get bids for over the summer, because it might not be the players that they want to sell. <laughs> you know, it might be ones that they want to build off, but people are like, well, we'll have them instead. So there we go. Um, anyway, that's interesting. Uh, we should obviously mention League One, Ipswich and Plymouth, both promoted. Huge congratulations to both of them, of course. Um, yeah. I, mm, well, obviously, Bali Mumba is, I would deem, quite sellable. So it'd be interesting. I think Plymouth fans are desperate for have, to have him next season. See, what happens if no one's interested in buying Max and they get a £1 million bid for Bali Mumba? Do they go, a mm, million quid on a player we didn't buy? Mm. A, a million quid on, on the best young player in League One would seem, 30. to me... I, but it would seem like, like imagine if he didn't play, for, uh, didn't already play for us, we'd be going, oh, that'd be a good sign. Right. I, I would think, I, I well, Four. I mean, 
the the sensible oh, business would be to me i think is to move max on not not saying we should lose oh, him, I know, but i would I say know this would be the right time business. to do it right mm. and and give barley member a chance i mean if you're talking about freshening the squad up which is like what we're saying should happen that would seem to me to be a good time to do that i love max but it does seem the right time for him to go if he's going to but he's out of contract in twelve months' time. So how much are you going to get as a transfer fee? I would still ca- I would still cash in on him for four or five million rather than sell number for oh. one or two. I genuinely would. Oh like I, I genuinely would do that. I, I just think like we're talking about freshening up the squad. That just seems like an obvious thing. Get somebody in who's who's been promoted, who knows what it's like to be as part of a winning team, and say to Max, "Thank you very much for five brilliant years. You deserve a shot somewhere else now." And try and find him another club. It just seems to make yeah. sense to me. I feel like I was saying the other day, I feel like my catchphrase for this season has been poor Max. <laughs> Every game I seem to come out of it going, just poor Max. <laughs> like I he he does not owe us a single thing. He deserves nope. he deserves a shot somewhere else. Hopefully a lovely club in Europe somewhere so we don't have to worry about him going somewhere back. like Bournemouth or something. Uh yeah, exactly. Um yeah, let let Ma- let poor Max go. Uh he has absolutely he could not have given us given us any more um he's never his head's never gone his sort of mind's never wandered whenever anyone was talking about big moves for him I think um he's been wonderful and he's probably my player of the year but I think I think we've got to let him go Ooh. oh yeah player of the season I've even discussed that remind me to bring that up later um uh, yeah, well, Saxon Early also joined uh, Plymouth as a very budget signing. He's um, also in that Plymouth squad, so he's been promoted. So there you go. It's an academy product doing well. Sure, that was worth the sale. Uh, maybe it was. Who knows? Um, uh, so that's it. Uh, I, did, yeah, someone did suggest to me that Ipswich might um, spend a bit of money when they're promoted and in the chat. Is, is anyone is anyone able to process this? Will anyone be able to? Uh, or should we just not talk about it? Doesn't no. Let's not have a talk about it. We'll we'll leave that. It's a hypothetical. We'll we'll just wait until they they do it. Yeah. Um, Norwich City Women finished off their season. They finished fourth, which is a brilliant development from where they were. Uh, the previous campaign when they were fighting relegation, they've obviously finally played at Carrow Road, which is a brilliant occasion. So well done to all those involved in Norwich City Women. That's a fantastic effort for this year. And I'm really excited for them in terms of what they can build on and go again next season. It does sound like there's a little bit of a loosening around how the uh, women's football pyramid in England is is you know done and, and maybe a bit more room for Norwich to throw a little bit more at it so that they can have some success. So um, fingers crossed. Keep supporting them if you can, because it's great to watch and follow. Uh, and follow that team and um, it would be great to see them do even better again next year maybe get promotion that would be just wonderful Any, anything else anyone has that they want to bring up in terms of things they don't want to talk about I mean just to go back to Bali Mumba is there a situation where we could sell both him and Max and cash in on both of them I mean I think if you look at uh, Sam McCallum for example he joined after a very positive season and hasn't quite gone on to enjoy the success I think any of us would have liked so is there almost an argument to say make the most of both of them while we can get money for Max and while Bali Mumba's stock is high and then use that money in other places and to sign a, another right back I guess Oof. yes if we can find a good one if, if we can <laughs> yeah, if we can find a good one if we can find buyers I guess but if the bids come in I, I don't know if the club would be able to turn them down if they're good enough 
I, I think that's really interesting in terms of what what offers they get and then how they do with that because I, I think anyone will be and I know everyone's available for sale at a certain price but I, I think that will be very much the case this year because they are literally going to be trading off against who they want to bring in and who David Wagner wants to coach and you know who they've got and who they can sell so it will be it will be very interesting to hear it pans out. but yes Craig is my often, it could happen I think we've often over the last few years struggled to sell the players we exactly want to and that might well be the case again this summer. Yay! Uh, maybe Ipswich will buy some of them with all the money they want to throw at things. Who knows? Um, that's exciting. Well, uh, um, I think that covers up. Oh, yes, Steve. Sorry. I've got I've got just a couple of... I mean, uh, Craig already touched on this, but I thought uh, Jolis had maybe his best performance for us since the Bournemouth Cup game when he scored two yes. and set up two in his first game. Mm. And I thought that was really... Well... Potentially a good sign because we haven't seen that for a long, long time. It wasn't sort of outstandingly good, but he did play well. And that brings me on to the point that I kind of made at the start, which was, God, the subs were boneheaded on Saturday. <laughs> um, like to make four changes at one time uh, 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 for a team that was not play attacking that badly. And then to just suddenly go, right, I'm going to change basically the entire attack of this team with players who I didn't deem to be good enough in the first place. Hope that it all clicks. We had two shots uh, in the 25 minutes after they came on. I had a quick look back. Jolis scored um, against, who was it, Birmingham? And in the 12 games since, we haven't scored a single goal uh, after any of his subs have been made, or at least not ones that have... I think we got one after Blackburn when um, Handy went off injured. But other than that, we haven't scored a single goal after a sub has been made. Subs have been really bad under Smith and under Wagner. And I thought they were really, really bad on Saturday. And basically, I said it when they came on. This will not work. And, and you know, uh, what? Julie Jollis could have played for the rest, for the full 90, right? You bring on a, a, a Jonathan Rowe, who, you know, could be an excellent player, but has played about 15 minutes in a year of football. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to, it really felt like a throw in the towel moment to me. Um, anyway, just had had to had to get off my chest. As you can I, tell. Might, I might be. Being a really old lady or just being an Orange fan completely skews this for me. But I find that the, this sort of being able to make about a million subs a game. Completely agree. It absolutely has just not helped anything. I think they yeah. get so excited by the idea that they can make five changes, that they make changing almost, you know, literally. Well, it is literally almost half your team in a game. It's so difficult to regain any kind of shape or composure or understand what's still you know for the especially for the players that stay on that you know haven't been just given a talking to for the last 15 minutes with a man with a laminate a lot of laminated sheets or whatever I I don't like uh, and perhaps you know it works for Man City and it works for Liverpool and you know it works for the top teams because all of their players are interchangeably good um but I would be really interested to know if you know it might just be a Norwich thing but I can't imagine it's just us that it's just like the idea of it is so tempting and the actual reality of it is just weird. <laughs> like I just it's find really that it's, it's very weird every time it happens. I do. Uh, I do think other teams and, and coaches get it, get it right bet, better than Norwich have probably so far, because when you start calling people finishers, you can only do that if they're actually going to do something <laughs> productive, which is sort of what people have started calling substitutions. Uh, there are three points I'm going to make now. I've got to think about them all. So um, 
I asked David Wagner because David Wagner after the game said, oh, you know, we lost our structure and we lost our way in the second half and that second half was rubbish. So I was like, so did you did you lose the structure before the substitutions or, you know, what what was then the thinking? And he was like, look, we, we I got to speak to four people properly before they went on, hoping that they would come on and repair the structural issues that were there in the team in the second half. So he thought that by changing a big portion of the team, giving them instructions that they would go out and then that would improve it. And I mean, we all saw it didn't quite clearly. It did make me think um, of this idea. And I think Norwich did have it under Daniel Farker, where you would often see players come in and out of positions, but the team would still look well coached and look like it still knew what it's doing. Um, that I don't think is something we've seen under David Wagner. I mean, we didn't see it under Daniel Farker by the end either because he got a little bit <laughs> ragged, but... Um, you know, certainly uh, I think that's that's maybe been missing a little bit. Um, Jolis was very good. There was a bit that stuck with me in the first half where he just, uh, West Brom counted and he got nowhere near closing down the ball and Dimi was kind of left with three players and, and they both said thank you to each other after the ball went out of play. But I was like, Christos, you, you've not done anything to help him out there. So I feel like... Um, I feel like there are still quite big gaps, but certainly going forward, so I thought it was really encouraging. And then the other thing I was thinking of is like, yeah, John Rowe hasn't played many minutes. That's because people aren't you know, giving him a chance to play maybe ahead of someone like Marquinhos, mm. who does seem like a bit of a waste at the moment. You know, let's let's say let's not bother with that and let's see how, say, John Rowe does from the start against Blackpool, hopefully. So, mm. uh, yeah, they were all my points there. Anyway. Ooh, sorry, one final thing. Nice yeah. goal. Nice goal, right? Nice yeah. goal. The goal he scored, really good. Um, <laughs> quite a, a nice counter-attacking move. Good pass by Yanoulis. Uh, tidy finish. Best goal we scored in... Well, we have scored some good goals, actually, this season. Um, but that, you know... More of that, please. Uh, <laughs> More goals. Yeah, well, not at Carrow Road, they haven't, because we're on almost seven hours, aren't we? So I'll take anything that, at Carrow Road. <laughs> really that goal... Uh, that goal was a very good goal and it was very similar to the chance Josh Sargent missed where he probably should have scored. Mm. That would have been an equally yeah. wonderful goal. As yeah, well. agreed. Right, uh, that's great. Um, how about comments and questions, Steve? Have we, uh, have we got uh, many? Yeah, I mean, um, I have have noted um, all the anti-Wagner stuff. Uh, I think we've been there, so I'm not going to pull them up. But yeah, uh, it's a lot point, of it, point made that... there's well, yeah quite a lot it's not 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 loved but um, we may have more time to delve into that next season so let's not go too early <laughs> um jeff man 98 says uh he joined uh, i assume jeff you're a he uh joined the season ticket waiting list in december just been offered one can't wait for 100 points 100 goals next yes. season uh yeah. i don't know what you call that is that slight sweat grinning emoji? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, can I just say that that is quite interesting that someone who joined the waiting list in December mm -hmm. has been offered a season ticket. Just yeah, yeah. Good, note. good on you, Jeff Mann. Yep, whatever Take the number note, was, um, Stuart Weber. Um, and Robin Frost says, uh, Michael and the panel. Which five players? I mean, I'm assuming we're allowed to keep more than five players, but he has asked, <laughs> which five players do you keep for next season? Um, would I keep? Who would we uh, keep? Maybe we need to make a joint decision on this, otherwise we could Okay, let's go. Who would we keep? Go. Sarah. Sarah, okay. Unlikely. But yeah, I would too. Yeah. Uh, Angus. Got to be ambitious. Yeah. Angus, yeah. Angus. Okay, so that's two. Lama Bamadili. 
Yeah. yeah. Which also Ooh. could be tricky. I'm not sure, Steve. <laughs> not sure. No, not, not lo- I mean, if we're keeping on about Medella, we probably need to have Hanley to play alongside him as well, because I feel like he looks a bit lost without him. But I won't say Hanley because uh, he's injured. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Sergeant? Josh? Yeah. 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 We're struggling to get to five, aren't we? Uh, uh, and Kenny, come Kenny. on. Oh, this. Oh, Onel. We'll we'll keep Onel too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fine. So we, if we must. Five. If that's not convincing of 100 points and 100 goals next season, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Keep tuning go. in next season. Yeah. <laughs> um, any more, Steve? Um, I mean, there's a lot of. Yeah, there's a lot of negativity. And uh, well, James M says, uh, considering the standard of championship this year, except Burnley, will it be harder than ever to compete with the three teams that come down from the PL next year? I think it's a valid question. I uh, I think any talk of promotion next year is way too far ahead of things. I think I think Norwich are going to be proven <laughs> to be a mid-table side this year. They will be worse next season unless they somehow click. And I think it will be a special clicking. It'd be like a... 2018-19 special clicking. Yep. Uh, Again, tune in next season, so, everyone. <laughs> I, I, I don't think anyone... And, yeah, looking at the teams that will come down, I, I think it. I think anywhere near the top 10 would be a success next year from how I'm looking at it at the moment. But, <laughs> there's always a team... There's always at least one team that comes down that is in a pickle. Like, it just Definitely. doesn't... It doesn't work that, you know, just because they're called Everton, say, doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be better than everybody else it just it doesn't always work like that you've got to presume at least one of those teams is going to be good next year but I just I think out of the three of us that came down this year everyone thought Burnley would be in the worst state and they weren't um so it's just it, it's so difficult to predict anything and that, uh, yes you, you can be intimidated by some big teams coming down but you've also got to think about what a pickle some of those teams are going to be in coming down and what they're going to need to do in order to just stay, you know, stay liable as businesses. So like, yeah, I think, I think we should just be excited that there's potentially some, some big clubs coming down um, and we'll have some big games next season. Just, just a quick aside on that. I just had a quick look at who came down the year before we got promoted in eighteen nineteen, and it was um, Swansea, Stoke, and West Brom, who admittedly don't sound like big teams, but I'm pretty sure they'd all been in the Premier League for quite a long time. Like none of them had just gone up. Uh, I think the three teams who had gone up all stayed up that year: Newcastle, Brighton, and Huddersfield. So uh, we probably would have had similar thoughts around that time, and maybe they'll, they'll all be terrible again this year. It just, they, we just need a, a, as you say, Zoe, like a, a, a Norwich City, Dean Smith. David Wagner style basket case club and uh, we'll leapfrog them. <laughs> and you almost need some teams it. to drag the standard up a bit as well, because it hasn't been great this season. Um, and, you you know, a bit of sort of good, good old competition um, going on might just help with the overall standard. You never know. And I think if you look at the playoffs this year, there's a lot of clubs in there you probably wouldn't have put in there. So yeah, totally shows what can be achieved if things are done right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Ignore me. Listen to these guys and come on next season. That's what you want. Uh, Right. Brilliant. Uh, We'll see if there's any more of those before we wrap up. But I think right now let's get stuck into, although there was, no, I'll do it on the next one. Um, Let's get stuck into this. This is almost fantasy football. Yes. What spells fantasy football better than Blackpool at Carrow Road on Monday week, 3 p.m. kickoff. Temu Pukki's big goodbye. Ugh. 
Um, that's exciting. Uh, Hattrick, Tamu Hattrick? If selected. <laughs> I mean, where there is no world in which he doesn't start, right? Well, sack Wagner right now if he doesn't... Uh, well, not right now, but on Monday if he doesn't <laughs> sack Tamu. If he doesn't start Tamu. And captain, give him, the, give him the armband. This is what we're talking about, isn't it? This is, oh, this yeah. is the level of expect, expectation. I don't yeah. see why you wouldn't, really. I can, I can imagine him turning down the armband. I, I feel like he'd, he would just be like... Yeah. It, it feels yeah. very <laughs> similar to when Wes went a few years back in terms of the feeling around the club. So I think if you can give him a, a good send-off, it might at least feel like a slightly nicer end to the season if it's a little bit emotional. Although I can't quite imagine him getting as emotional as Wes did at the end of his final game. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't I, see I, tears. I think it could make a big difference in terms of the attitude of people going into them. If he scores and we win, I think there will be a, it will feel good. I know, I know that there are people, you know, it, it's not going to paper over the, the huge chasms that have uh, emerged this season, but I do think it will make a difference in the way that people feel. Uh, one of the, one of the saddest moments on Saturday was was when the players came over and um, I was looking at Tamu because obviously it's his last away game and I sort of thought, and, you know, given all the hand signals that I uh, made <laughs> earlier that were being, uh, <laughs> that were on show, I, he kind of looked a little bit like, all oh, right, is, is, is that my, uh, that, that's what I get for my last away game, is it? Great, okay, thanks guys. And kind of turned back and looked around, Angus put his hand on his, around his shoulder and stuff like that. And I don't know, maybe I read too much into it, but it did look to me a little bit like he was sort of like, nah, I was going to get a little bit better than that from from you, but you know. That could that could happen on, it. you know, I hope it Surely does. I really not. hope everyone keeps it together, but mm. it's a one nil defeat. Yeah. You know, what what it's not you know they're gonna be like oh yeah tamu yeah. but you know oh maybe you won't start <laughs> um uh and of course we have got protests there is some uh you know it's very easy to create a you know poster on social media now and there is one uh doing the rounds of some uh protest outside the directors i don't know should i i'm not i'm not advertising it i'm just trying to inform but don't know what time or where but it's gonna be somewhere around cow road somewhere you know I'm sure you'll find it if you want to go. Um, enough or, or, is or enough. I don't know. Enough I'm is neutral. Enough. Is that yeah. the yes? Mm-hmm. It yeah. is enough. It can always get worse. That's probably what I would have put there. That's the thing. Could get better. Could get better. <laughs> enough could might not better. be enough. That's that's the problem here. <laughs> if you look at some clubs in the last few years, I think that's it. It could always get worse. You've got to be careful what you wish for with different ownership and look. Everyone. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. So, and and you know, any Norwich fan is is allowed to feel how they feel. And if 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 they want to get together and do that, that's absolutely fine. I I uh, I can understand all the frustrations because I can see how things have played out. Um, you know, I've been doing my one man protest for eighteen months now, but you know, it's not made any difference. So, I'll just carry on. Good to good to keep it peaceful, though, if if possible. Yeah, that would be good. Yes. <laughs> I'm it sure. is just a game after all. We didn't say that on the poster. No. I didn't say peaceful only or anything like that. Did you forget to put that on there? Hey, it wasn't me. How dare you? This is nothing to do with no conspiracy theories. Thank you. The I've Michael Bailey busy, protest. Busy job to do. I just want yeah, one interview. Enough's enough. Something like that, yeah. Um, we let you into games. What more do you want? Yeah. Um... 
<laughs> anyway, what do we think the TIFO will be? Obviously, there'll be a mosaic, won't there, in the in the stand? I'm uh, kind of imagining just a goat. A goat emoji? Would it? Goat emoji. I mean, you, you wouldn't. In fairness, you wouldn't want it to be like a a photograph. You know, a photograph of a goat. Would you? Wouldn't. Mm. Wouldn't be. Could be that picture of. Isn't there a picture of Temu holding a goat? Oh yeah. Is there? On yeah. What, like a little ba- like a baby goat. I can't remember now. They're quite angry, um, aren't they, goats? I don't, I don't know how. Oh, not know. always. Yeah. They can be. I don't know. They've got horns. That's, I imagine. Yeah. I imagine Timu could could tame a goat. It's got a very calming he... nature. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Maybe he'll come out with a goat, riding one. Like his mask, riding a goat. <laughs> that would be. Timu's on a goat. <laughs> what a great player! Oh. No. no. <laughs> what rhymes with goat on a boat? Oh, on a boat? Yeah. It could be on a boat if he ends up playing in France. I don't know. In a moat. In a moat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got yeah, well. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, um, so we've decided he's going to come week. out on a goat, score a hat trick, but not start. And uh, that will be great. Um, we'll we'll okay, let you know if he does, uh, if you haven't got in time after the protest, Michael. Or if you're uh, being held in a cell somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll let you know what happens. You're not needed here. <laughs> um, so that's all good. Uh, I think Tame is doing the scrimmage, by the way, on uh, in midweek. Oh. So that will be lovely. Give that a listen. Um, that'll be good fun. I will be listening to that. Uh, so that's exciting. Last game of the season. Oh, yeah. So uh, player of the season vote. Who wants to give a player? I I have never. So, you know, generally when Norwich are rubbish, the goalkeeper gets it. That's what I've tended to find. <laughs> it's, it takes a lot for a goalkeeper to get it when things have gone well. So, um, but, you know, even in bad seasons, you're like, you know, like when Norwich have been relegated, you know, Tim Krul was excellent. He deserves it. This season, I genuinely would not vote because I, it's like a make-do, isn't it? It's like who... Who deserves player? Literally, this will be the season, I feel, where it'd be like, don't bother with it. But that is disrespectful to the Barry Butler Memorial Trophy, which I think is the proper name. Apologies if I got it wrong. So I'm abstaining, but I wouldn't obviously welcoming all of the other votes. So um, in terms of you, wonderful trio, who would you like to vote for and who'd like to go first? Uh, well, I, I think Angus will get it. Um... I personally would give it to Kenny. I think he's been consistent and has been like always happens when players get injured, they're missed. I think he has been missed. I think he was when we were good under Wagner, our best player. And um, there's no chance he'll win. Um, But I personally would would give it to him. Well, yeah. Uh, Craig? I mean, I think whoever gets it will either get it because they've been consistently in the squad or because they've had a purple patch in the season. And I think that's quite weird in that, say, if Angus Gunn does get it, he wasn't actually in the squad for the entirety of the season. But I Mm. do think he probably just about deserves it. I think as good as Max has been for most of the season consistently, as good as Kenny has been for being in there every single game, I think Angus has probably had the most standout performances and affected results more than anyone else. Uh huh. Zoe. Um. Yeah. For me, it'd be Max. I think. Um. I think for that consistency, uh, it doesn't feel like anyone else that's played well has 
been around for all of the season and it just it just feels a bit weird to me to give it to someone like Sarah who yeah it or Angus even um I I wouldn't be surprised if Arnell won it either mm-hmm. um and for in terms of who would like to win it the most then it's got to be him right and you know a little bit of joy wouldn't go amiss <laughs> yeah he would cherish that award wouldn't he that would be, yeah that's another tattoo right there I think, <laughs> <laughs> um O'Neill is possibly the one i would possibly vote for possibly but yeah yeah i think um i've uh, Thank you for all your contributions there, guys, but I'm still not convinced. <laughs> we'll see who gets it. And well done to them. Uh, Again, you'll still be on the protest march at that point, Michael, so you won't have a chance it. to um, more, more worryingly, I will, uh, I will be probably speaking to them after the game because I imagine that the player of the season will be put up. And if I'm lucky enough to be there, I will speak to them and... They'll probably get told my views on this season. Player of the season. Yeah, let's hope they're so, not yeah. listening tonight yeah. when you said none of them deserve it. <laughs> Remember when Seb Bassong had to get it behind closed doors because they were too yeah. worried they would all be too upset about it. To... That's right. <laughs> Was that the Carlo Nash year? It might yeah. Be. I know, I we were still playing for. We were still trying not to get relegated at that point, weren't we? And I think mm. Hewton was Hewton was worried about it, so said. We'll do it some other time um, or something. Something was <laughs> happening. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we were shuffled into uh, to Colney to do, to interview them on the quiet. So, uh, yeah, that won't be happening this time. Um, Everton have equalised at home to Leicester. Maybe it was all Dean Smith's fault after all. James um, Madison uh, missed a penalty. He did miss a penalty, oh. yeah. Uh, uh, there we go um that game is ongoing uh so are we for now uh steve any more comments or questions uh we take a look um it's eleanor makes the point about pookie that uh at least he'll get better treatment than, than yes did. Uh, well, that's something that we do that we are getting right now isn't it like giving a proper send-off to to our making legend. players leave <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making them want to leave. (laughs) We're not really going to play them that much, but you will know that they're leaving. So, (laughs) Um, exactly Um, that. And uh, James Hotchkiss says he was at a spa near Cambridge yesterday. Couldn't find the switch for the jacuzzi. A voice from the swimming pool said, "It's over on the wall." It was Ryan Bennett. Genuinely, the highlight of the season. Yeah, a nice (laughs) bit of ex Norwich City. uh, You know, tell us, tell us your times when you met an ex Norwich City player, maybe someone as I don't know. Well we might we Russell might need Martin all these... in a you know in a co op somewhere. We might need all these next season, Steve. So uh maybe <laughs> maybe Ryan Bennett will be season. could sign him in the summer, help strengthen the centre back options. Oh god no. <laughs> um well on that joyous note, um I think it is probably it for another On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that really will miss Mick McCarthy not being there on Monday. Can't believe they sacked him. That's going to be golden. Uh, if you're yet to do so, make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The pod is available free for everyone on your usual player. And we stream the po- recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels each Monday evening. Have a search and I am sure you will find them. Uh, ratings and reviews wherever prompted are always hugely appreciated and if you want to get in touch with any topics or questions 
sling me a direct message on Twitter. The handle is at Michael J. Bailey. As for this evening, a big thank you to our wonderful guests this evening. Uh, Craig, thank you for the top debut. Did you enjoy it? Loved every second. <laughs> See, that's what I want Plenty to of positivity for my bank holiday Monday. Good work. And uh, I hope we will have you on again in future. Yes. Hopefully under more positive circumstances. Yes, that's the spirit. Uh, Zoe, thank you as always. Uh, you're not around for our season finale. So um, thank you for being brilliant and being on a lot. Thanks thanks for having me on, Michael, <laughs> as always. Uh, all up for 100 points, 100 goals next season. I'll be back. Get there. If led by, if led, if, if in, if yes, indeed. But we'll, we'll wait and see. But, you know, get on the train. That's what I say. The... <laughs> How many points can you get? Can someone do a quick map? What is what are we starting on next season? Uh, 46, 46 times three. Is that it? Times three. It's great math. And well done, Steve. 138 point train. Gotta live up to the brand. A <laughs> hundred points doesn't doesn't seem ambitious enough. Maybe a hundred but we get on the hundred and twenty point train. Hundred and twenty point train. Yeah. Just hundred and seven. Just, just yep. a record. That's drop, the, drop 18 points against those three Premier League teams that come down that are going to be too good and then win the rest. That's, yeah. that's what yeah. we can do. Double over Ipswich, job done. Uh, Steve, thank you, as always. Thank you. Um, yep, good luck on the march next week. Keep it peaceful. Yeah, yeah. So even if I now go and report on the march, everyone will think I'm joining in. <laughs> Maybe I should try. Who knows? I'm neutral. <laughs> Might as well at this point. It's the end of the season. Got three months off. I, I was I was just walking in. I was just walking in. <laughs> what do you mean I brought a bed sheet? I haven't brought a bed sheet. No. Um, well, on that bombshell, uh, I think we're done. Um, we will be back next Tuesday for the final edition of the On the Board Norwich City podcast. So we're back on Tuesday because the game is on the Monday. So that should make perfect sense. And that will be the final edition of the On the Ball No City podcast this season. It will be a party for sure, I've written here. <laughs> so until then, uh, don't, uh, don't, until then, don't forget the signed shirt and ball. Get your bids in, obviously, on all the social media platforms because we'll be running that auction until next pod. And never mind the danger.